Hello, I'm Kelly Mundell, digital editor of IOSH magazine. Welcome to our podcast series, which will feature exclusive interviews with industry experts, behind the scenes discussions with members and conversations with future leaders of the health and safety profession. In this episode, outgoing IOSH chief executive Bev Messenger reflects on the challenges and achievements of her four and a half years at the helm of the world's largest occupational health and safety membership organization. So upon your appointment as chief executive, you said that you were attracted to the role at IOSH to make a difference to people's lives. How do you think you've achieved this? Um, Well, I've I've said many times, Kelly, that, um, you know, this has been the highlight of my career. It's really been the best job I've ever had. I've absolutely loved it. And, And that's for two reasons, really, that I get up every day and I think I'm making a difference to people's lives at work. And that sounds a bit cheesy, um, but I really do believe that because it is true that IOSH members and the IOSH resources and products and training do have an impact on people's daily life at work. And sadly, far too many people do still die in work settings all over the world. And I think we're making a contribution to reducing that. So, you know, it's a huge sort of almost vocational making a difference in this role. Um, and I work with some fantastic people and some fantastic members and volunteers. So um, it, it really is a case of what's not to love about this job. And what do you think your proudest achievement has been? That, that's really difficult because there are so many. Um, internally, it's the transformation of the organisation and the culture that we've created uh, you know, in our headquarters to support members and to be much more business-like and flexible and agile, which is what we needed to be, to be a more modern professional body. Um, and then externally, it's been the success of Work 2022, which, you know, has really, I think, put us in a, a new bracket. I think it's really enhanced our reputation globally. We've got, you know, new reputation with partners such as World Health Organization, um, the Institute of Social Security, um, and and the members. You know, the members have really embraced Work 2022 and, and they help us to deliver it in, you know, in their everyday work. So it, it operates at a global strategic level, but it actually really transcends down onto the ground in, in every workplace for every member. So talking about the global membership, um, You've been credited with transforming IOSH from more of a UK-focused membership organisation with a financial deficit um, into a purposeful and internationally respected professional body. And what experience did you draw upon to tackle this? Well, I, I mean, my, my professional background is is human resources, organisational development. But for the last 10 years or so, I've really focused on organisational transformation. So I've been going to organisations that need help, that um, that are, you know, on a transformation journey and applied my sort of skills and expertise around that to improve them, make them more business-like, a much clearer focus strategy. Um, one of the things I you know, been critical about IOSH in the past is, and it's it's a nice criticism if if you like, that um, IOSH wanted to be all things to all people all over the world, which mm. is great. It's really laudable, but it means then you don't have focus, and it means you can't turn the dial on certain things. 
So with the strategy, we were very clear where we wanted to work in the world. And we were also very clear on our six priorities. And what that made us do is really focus our attention and our resources. And and that's what I've been missing, I think, in the past. And just sort of revolutionizing really the business from the way we work, the technology we use, and and the culture of the staff. Um, and and all that's really come through in, you know, in huge measure to give us the success that we've had and has actually really helped us through COVID. Um, you know, the discretionary effort that people have put in to support the membership through such a difficult time has been because we are really, you know, uh, focused as a team on delivering for the membership wherever they are in the world. Turning our attention to COVID, obviously the past year has been incredibly challenging, both for IOSH and the profession more widely. Um, So what were your priorities um, in leading IOSH to support its members through the crisis? I mean, I think the first priority was to make sure that the business was functional. So because of all the transformation and investment that we've made, we were able to move to remote working, you know, overnight without, you know, any disruption at all, which meant that we could then focus on the membership. Um, And what we knew was that OSH professionals would be absolutely in the spotlight from employers to provide support and guidance and reassurance, actually. Um, And although they had a lot of expertise, they wouldn't have had expertise necessarily in living through a pandemic as none of us have so we were very quick to bring on bring forward our online resources hub for covid working with you know the world health organization and other organizations across the world to bring the sort of up-to-date information the best possible resources um so that they could you know do their jobs as, as, as best as possible. The other thing that I think we've done very successfully is because obviously all our branch meetings and all our connectivity went virtual, we've seen a real upsurge in connection across the membership body. You know, I mean, we've had thousands, literally thousands of people on our fortnightly webinars on COVID. Our branch meetings have never been so well attended. So now, you know, you, if you're in Singapore and you want to go to a branch meeting in Wales, you know, you just dial in, you know, you just yeah, join amazing, the virtual. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that, I mean, that's such a bit, and that's really accelerated a number of the things that we wanted to do as a, a professional body and an institution to bring members closer together and give them um, that, you know, that community spirit that nobody is in this on their own. There is a whole network of 48,000 people who are prepared to help and support you because mm-hmm. many of our professionals are the only person in that business. So they don't have a team to go to. So their team is IOSH. Their team is is their, their colleagues across the world. And I think this is, if anything good has come out of the pandemic, it is accelerating that virtual connectivity for our membership. Absolutely. So hopefully, fingers crossed, as we begin to come out of the COVID crisis and our members, industry sectors, they're attempting to navigate their way out. What do you think the next five years look for health and safety as a profession and the health and safety professional? Well, I think I think coming out of this crisis, actually, it's really positive for the OSH profession and the OSH professionals. Um, I think they will have really been seen as very, very central to business in a way, you know, some organisations didn't recognise and value them before. Um, the immediate focus, obviously, will be on our contribution to rebuilding business and building business resilience. 
Um, you know, we need to prepare in case there is another pandemic crisis, another wave, as it were. I think there'll also be a real strong focus on personal resilience for individuals because, you know, individuals have gone through a really tough time and there will be a huge change in the way of working. You know, we keep reading every day that offices are not going to be reopened because people are going to stay working from home. And that presents a whole new range of working safety and health challenges that we are going to have to respond to. Um, and, I, and I think it's just all put a spotlight on the profession in a really positive way that looking after their people has got to be every organization's number one priority. You know, it, it, again, it, it's a bit of a cliche to say people are your greatest asset, but they are. They absolutely are. And sometimes your people are all you've got. And therefore, you need to look after them, protect them, make sure they're safe, make sure that they're uh, resilient. Um, and then they will they will serve you you well. And I think the OSH profession will need to develop some new skills going forward. And I think that's where the IOSH competency framework are trying to future proof um, the profession by having the necessary business skills and softer skills, as people call them, alongside the technical skills that they have in abundance. So I think it's a really positive time for the OSH profession in the next five five years. I think it will see itself at the centre of business. I think it will be seen as much, much more important. And the professional needs to step up to make sure it can fill that massive expectation. What does it mean to you to have been at the helm of an organisation with such a widespread and respected global reach? I mean, it's a huge, huge privilege. Um, you know, I couldn't believe it when I got the job. I was so excited by the opportunities because I really felt that although IOSH was, you know, uh, got a long standing reputation, it was 70 plus years old as an institution. Mm. I didn't think it, that it was really punching its weight. I thought it had so much more to offer to its members and to the world of work and on a global stage. And a number of the things we've done over the last five years have, have really proved that, that people see us now as the go-to, you know, OSH organisation worldwide for advice, guidance, standards, um, and, you know, the voice of the profession. Um, and, our, you know, our, our members are seen as gold standard uh, when they're being, you know, recruited into, into business. And to have been part of that journey and, um, you know, see it into its 100-year anniversary in 25 years' time, it will be really nice to look back and see how things have, have really accelerated in the last five years and will continue to do so. And in what ways do you hope this global reach will expand further after your departure? Well, we've, made, we've got great foundations. Our membership um, globally is growing. But just has to be good for everybody that goes to work, you know, across the world. We, we're very privileged in the UK and sometimes we forget that, mm. um, that we've got such strong regulation and statutes to protect us in the workplace. But, you know, across the world, that's not the case. And therefore, I think IOSH does have a responsibility to share our knowledge and expertise um, to every part of the world because, you know, our, our charitable objects are about protecting people at work and we want everyone who goes to work to go home safely and sadly they don't 
And so there's a huge job to be done across the world. And and I think we the start that we've made recently in the last five years with this strategy will just put us in a really strong position to influence governments and employers worldwide to invest in safety um, because actually it's a good investment. It's not a cost. It actually delivers better people, more productivity and actually more profitable. So it's not a cost. It's a win-win. You look after your people and they look after your business. Absolutely. What are your three most valuable lessons from working with IOSH? I think in terms of lessons, I mean, the first one isn't really something I didn't already know. It's just underlined what I already knew, which is, you know, people are absolutely at the heart of of your success, Um, whether that's your the staff in IOSH or whether it's the membership, you have to give them clear vision, you have to empower them, you have to give them the tools to do the job. And then actually, you know, they fly. And what we've seen in the last five years is a fantastic achievement through just the 200 people that we've got in IOSH and then the thousands of members and volunteers that we have. And if you galvanize them around a common theme and goal and vision, you know, they really do deliver for you. So, you know, people are at the heart of everything for me. And and that's, you know, that's what a, a professional body is all about. So I think the second thing is about shouting about the OSH profession, that I think it's been undervalued in the past. I think I undervalued it in, in past roles. And I think, you know, we need to really make sure that employers' business recognises how important OSH is to their, to their business strategy. That it's not an add-on. It's it's not something they have to do because it's legislated. It's just about being really good business practice. And I think our OSH professionals have really got to step up and shout about their impact, what they can do, and the benefits of having really good um, OSH practices. Um, and then I think the third thing is um, the members and the volunteers. I mean, I've just worked with some amazingly passionate people. Um, how they find the time with busy day jobs to do all the volunteering that they do just absolutely amazes me. Um, and they've put in such a huge amount to the institution through their branch network activities, through mentoring, um, through training other people, through just being a, you know, a sounding board and an ear for other professionals. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm always blown away by the passion that is within the with the institution and within the membership. And sometimes I want them to shout about that a bit more. They hide their light under a bushel mm. a bit sometimes, I think. So focusing on people, what advice would you offer someone thinking of joining health and safety, um, especially at this challenging time? And what advice would you offer somebody considering leaving it? Joining it, I think, you know, I think it's a fantastic profession. I think it touches every part of business. Um, I think it really is central to business strategy and the profitability of, of business. Um, so I think it's a really exciting profession to be in. And you can specialise in quite narrow um, technical areas or you can really broaden out. Uh, as many of our professionals are around the sort of sustainability and human capital agenda. So I, I think it's a really fantastic first career. And, it, and it's great that we've introduced in my time our student membership uh, proposition 
to encourage people who are thinking about the career um, of going into OSH and about how we can we can support that. And so that, you know, we break through some of, you know, we've all got stereotypical views of professions and, and IOSH, is, uh, OSH is no different. Um, but it really is a vibrant, exciting, you know, business central function, I think. Um, and sometimes it's not seen as that. And I think it's IOSH's job to, you know, blow some of those myths away, really, certainly for people who are considering where their first career goes. Mm. And in terms of, of leaving the profession, you know, why would you? Um, I think we've got so more to do and so much more to give. And as I've said, until we have zero accidents and zero deaths across the world, which probably will never happen in reality, mm. um, there's a massive OSH challenge and job to do. So what advice or lessons would you provide to other leaders around effective OSH in the workplace and their role? I think it, it, it is to not see it as an add-on, to build it mm -hmm. into um, your central processes. So there is no business decision that we make in IOSH that we don't do, make without the head of health and safety in the room. And she adds fantastic value, not only from a technical perspective, um, but in terms of, you know, how we manage the business. Um, and I would definitely encourage, you know, chief executives to have around their top table, you know, their, their health and safety professionals in the same way they have their finance professionals and their HR professionals, um, because they really do add to core strategy. Uh, and as I said, you know, all the evidence in our own research has demonstrated that, um, you know, the profitability on a pound or a euro or whatever your denomination is spent on OSH, you get back several times over. So, it, you know, it really isn't a cost to business. It's an investment and you reap the rewards of that. Turning our attention to you personally, what are your plans for the future? Yeah, so I, I think I've still got a lot to, to offer, uh, a lot to, to give back. Um, I want to develop and build on a small NED uh, portfolio so that I can work with boards and executives um, to, you know, share my knowledge and experience of, of transformation and of OSH. Um, I'm a qualified coach. I really like to develop people and help mentor people. So I'm hoping to do a lot more of that in the future. Um, but I'm also looking forward to stepping back, having a bit more time with family and relaxing a bit more um, and, uh, yeah, having a, a better work-life balance. And what are you most looking forward to? Oh, not getting up to the alarm. I'm not a morning <laughs> person, so definitely not that. Um, I mean, there's many, many things I'll miss, many things, but particularly the people. And it will be lovely to watch the success continue from afar. Um, but I am looking forward to, yeah, more leisure time and um, doing some of the things that I've always put off because my career has always been really, really important to me. And, you know, I'm a bit of a 24-7 chief executive through my own, you know, desire. Um, but actually, I think it's a bit of time now for me and my husband to, to spend a bit of time away from, away from work. Mm. So if you could pass on a final message to government, what would it be? Oh, wow. Um, I think it is, it is about, 
it's, it's recognising the value of the profession um, and making sure that it is central to their policy making. Um, you know, people, their health, their safety, their well-being. I mean, this whole COVID crisis has just demonstrated, hasn't it, that, you know, it's it's all about people, uh, whether they're workers, whether they're, you know, doctors, nurses, whether they're social care staff. Um, we have to look after our people because they look after everything else. And so OSH being at the centre of policy making and at the centre of prioritising resources around some of those things, I think, you know, governments really do need to think about and pay attention to. And what final message would you pass on to IOSH members? Oh, just keep doing what you're doing because you're fantastic. Um, keep sharing your knowledge, keep working as hard as you do, keep growing, keep learning, keep building your competency and keep, you know, demonstrating to business um, how central you are and how important you are and how important people are. That's a great message. And finally, it's just been announced that Vanessa Harwood Witcher will be your successor. How do you think Vanessa will build on the work that you've done? Oh, well, I'm absolutely delighted by the appointment. I'm thrilled that Vanessa's been appointed. Um, she's been my director of professional services for, for three, three and a half years. And I saw huge potential for her to succeed me when we recruited her to that post. Um, she's got a huge amount of experience of, of professional bodies and she really will take it to the next level um, in terms of uh, our, our global um, reach, um, our offer to members. She's got some really strong ideas about how we can enhance everything we do for members. Um, and I'm really looking forward to seeing her be able to, to do all of those things. Yeah, I have to agree. I think Vanessa's a, a great choice. She really gets membership. She really gets professional bodies. And she, mm. yeah. Thanks so much for talking to me today, Bev, and wishing you the best of luck for the future. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. See you next month for another conversation on all things health and safety.